So this past weekend, I got to go to my uh, nephew's birthday party. It's his sixth birthday party. I have now uh, eight nieces and nephews, seven on the ground and, and one still in the womb. And it was uh, utter chaos. Uh, so there were a bunch of under eight year olds, just hordes of these kids running around. And it was wonderful. It was a great gift for me and my family uh, to celebrate Liam's birthday. You know, one of the interesting things when you, I get around my family is I realize how much we imitate one another, how much, especially kids, imitate their parents. Let me give you an example. My brother David has loved to collect things his entire life. He's collected things since he was a little kid. At one time, he even had like collections of stuff that he had found in the uh, creek near our house and uh, like glass and different stuff. And my mom was just like, what is all this stuff? But now his son, Liam, uh, does the same thing. And, and it's really interesting to watch how that relationship uh, has, has grown between my brother and his son. Now, most of what we've learned in our life, we learn like that. We learn by imitation. We've learned by imitating people around us, first our parents, then perhaps our siblings, our extended family. And as we grow, our peers and our coworkers, our teachers, um, people around us. Imitation is the first step to any type of innovation as well. We can't uh, help but imitate. It's through imitation that we pass on from one generation to the next. Uh, the skills and the habits that mark our culture and our way of life. Now, of course, there has to be a capacity for that skill uh, innately within us. We can't just uh, perfectly imitate everything. But at the same time, from infancy, we have this power of imitation. We imitate those around us, and that imitation is meant to lead to flourishing. Hopefully, those things which lead to flourishing are reinforced by those who love us, and those things that don't are uh, are kind of said, no, you're not gonna do that anymore. Yet as we grow and we start to be able to reason, to think, uh, to choose, uh, we start to notice another phenomenon that emerges. We can consciously choose to imitate others or not. Now the unconscious imitation that has marked our life throughout uh, infancy continues. Though it's not an absolute truth, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for that saying uh, that we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. Or put another way, if you want me to tell you who you are, then tell me who your friends are. That's why all through life, we need to consider carefully who we spend our time with and what influences we allow in our lives. We imitate what we see around us, for better or for worse. Nevertheless, we also begin at some point to have that ability to consciously choose to imitate people um, or to not imitate them. You know. In the normal course of life, uh, we look around and we adopt models for our behavior. We look for people that we can say, I want to be like this. We might say, I want to be able to do this or I want to be able to do that. Sometimes it starts with sports uh, figures or, or people who are, are great musicians or, or are talented in this way or that way. Um, and we start to investigate that person who's a master at their art's way of living, way of acting. In other words, we become disciples or students of the ones we wish to be like. You know, learning really happens this way, and it's exponentially easier when we see a master at uh, working at his or her art, and then we choose to imitate them. Um, my mom makes these wonderful cinnamon rolls, and uh, they're they're awesome. Um, and you know, the way that I've learned how to make those cinnamon rolls 
is uh, by watching her from a young age and watching my grandma as well, who also uh, was a baker. And it, it's almost impossible that I would be able to do that just by looking at a recipe. Not to say that it's totally impossible, but certainly uh, much more difficult. See, we want to ask others if we can imitate their art. As human beings, we can't help but imitate, but we can, at least as adults, decide who we'll consciously choose to imitate and who we'll spend our time with. In other words, who we'll unconsciously imitate. St. Paul tells us today, or on Sunday, he tells us, in, he tells the Corinthians in particular in his letter to them, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. He does so in the context of instructing them on proper behavior regarding the Eucharist and how they must not purposely offend others, but rather seek to love others that they might come to salvation. In what sense then does St. Paul instruct people to imitate him? In this, that Paul's life after his conversion was a total imitation of Jesus' life. Uh, he made Jesus' pattern of action his own way of action. He spent significant time in prayer uh, with Jesus, whom he wished to imitate even unconsciously. He also spent time, even in the midst of a really crazy schedule, running around the world evangelizing um, uh, with other believers, with other people who also wanted to imitate Jesus. And above all, St. Paul took Jesus's mission as his own as well. Jesus why did he come? He came to save us. That's what we say in the creed every week. St. Paul says, I've become all things to all, that some may be saved. St. Paul even offers himself in supreme imitation of his master through martyrdom. To summarize, Paul's entire life is dedicated to imitating Jesus. He lives a cruciform life, a life for the sake of others, for the glory of God. He writes in another place, I've been crucified with Christ, and the life I live is no longer my own. The disciple, St. Paul, has become, through imitation, like his master, Jesus. So here's the question for each of us this week. Who do you want to imitate? Who is the master, who is your master, and to what art will you dedicate your life? Jesus, throughout the gospel, never intimidates, but he always invites us to imitate. Again and again in the gospel, we hear him say, follow me, follow me, follow me. Jesus often makes that invitation through uh, intermediaries as well. It's always a personal invitation, but you kind of think about um, the leper in the gospel on Sunday. Uh, he had to be told about Jesus by someone. And St. Andrew told St. Peter, and Lois and Eunice told St. Timothy that Paul writes another letter to. Ananias discipled Saul himself. And St. John is said to have discipled St. Polycarp. And then uh, St. Polycarp disciple St. Irenaeus, and there, there are invitations to imitation all throughout the centuries of Christendom. In the course of the propagation of the gospel down through the centuries, in, the invitation is always to imitation. The invitation is always to imitate and to follow Christ as it comes through a disciple. Lent is starting today when you get this video, friends, and we're invited today to look at our commitment to imitate Jesus. How will you do that? What practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving will you take up to imitate Jesus who prayed, who fasted, and who gave everything for us who were poor? There's more though. Will you help others to imitate Jesus? 
Will you, like St. Paul, invite others to imitate you as you imitate Jesus? I challenge you to invite a friend to come with you either to Ash Wednesday or to one of the Lenten practices or to Sunday Mass this coming week. Maybe a friend that has fallen away from the practice of the faith. Just to invite them and, uh, and to imitate Jesus as you have found joy in knowing and loving and serving him. So also make that invitation to imitation for others as well.